Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about playful sledding, uh, not so playful uh, shaming, and the tax man cometh, and apparently he wears a really ugly uh, tricorder hat, so... Yeah, that's the thing we know about him, is he has an ugly hat, and he's charging taxes. That's a bad combo. I don't... Listen, not to not to begrudge our beautiful narrator, uh, but she was very snippy in these mm-hmm. three chapters, so maybe the hat was fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was okay. I mean, it's Wolf's time. She's in a bad mood. You know, she's, she's got them. She's got she's got them cranky. She's having bad dreams. She's got very little patience. Uh, and and Granny certainly is not helping by yelling at strangers that their children are going to die. That's why you go to the market, right? To go have a full-on yeah. scene while you stand and scream? Yay! Until then, I was, like, super excited because I was like, oh, this feels like a, a Ren fair. Like, it's like what I imagined a Ren fair to be. There's music and people selling their wares. And and then the tax guy comes and screws it all up. And then Granny comes and double screws it up. And Adults then- are the worst. And you know what the solution is? Robbery. Robbery. Stealing. Just, just steal shit. Listen. Makes you feel better. It's tough out there. We steal stuff. We lie. And then we use our womanly wiles to sneak flour in our baskets. I mean, just got two words for you. The economy. The economy, man. Listen, economy. we're out there just little light shoplifting. It's fine. Yeah. Well, everybody, we are talking about chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Once Upon a Time, Red's Untold Tale. We are now about halfway through this story, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we're going to keep going, and uh, hopefully we'll see the the SAG strike resolve. We'll see what next happens in the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to continue these books so long as we are supporting our actors, and then, should we return uh, to our Once Upon a Time, of which we love most dear, uh, we'll continue this on our Patreon. So if you are not following us on Patreon, be sure to do so. So no matter what, you can continue the untold tale being told with us. The untold story that is now being told. Mm-hmm. The told, untold, told story. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> well, by the way, I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always. Second week I've done this, by the way. I'm just getting so distracted by lovely conversations about books. And joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? We're both in sweater. We're both in like more cozy, sweatery type materials. Fall is here. I have been drinking my, I've gotten my apple cider out. I've been drinking. I, I bought a, I bought a bag of caramels. They're, I don't remember the brand, but they're the little square ones, like the little cubes. They're little car- mm. caramels. They come in. Yes. I love them so much and they are gluten-free. So I will just eat them constantly. There was like a small heat wave the week before I got them. So they are <laughs> the most mangled looking things. <laughs> trying to like undo the wrappers from these misshapen creatures um no i'm excited i'm starting to read my sp- a spooky book i'm very excited not even spooky it's not spooky at all it's the follow-up book to practical magic um Ooh. which i didn't know that's what it was when i bought it and i was like oh this looks great i hadn't i just picked it up because it felt right and i started reading it Oh, a little while ago. I, I put it down for a while and I'm picking back up for October. <laughs> and I was like, 
sounds this sounds like practical magic is it intended to be oh yeah it's a full it's from the person who wrote practical magic it's a sequel there's a several of these books it's in that universe i didn't even know (laughs) i accidentally bought the second book good for me well, I actually did a little spooky reading of my own. I just finished uh, What Moves the Dead, which is a recent book by T. Kingfisher, although it's Ursula Vernon under a pen name. And it is a retelling, a reinterpretation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher, which I didn't even realize was like Edgar Allan Poe show was coming out on Netflix, like literally today, I believe it debuted. It was just le coincidence. But I do plan on also reading House of Usher because the fall of the House of Usher because I'd never read it before. Uh, And, you know, the book was good. Good, spooky, short read, only about 200 pages. Uh, Has really interesting protagonists. They're really interesting. Um, And you're probably seeing a cat tail. Cat tail. The only thing I didn't care for was it was um, a big thing about it is fungus, fungi. And, like, fungi is, is understandably very creepy, but it's also kind of, like, a hot thing in, like, scary stuff right now, largely because of Last of Us. Yeah. Like, fungus is a thing. And so I was just, like, when <laughs> I was reading, I was like, Vampires oh. were a thing. Now it's yeah. fungus. Now it's fungi. Like, those darn mushrooms. They're just a thing. Um, that sounds amazing um, because random bit of Abby lore, um, you know how we all have those things that we hyper fixated on um, as children. Uh, one of them for me, author wise, was Edgar Allan Poe. An Edgar Allan Poe girly, I read everything a thousand times. Anytime we had to read something in front of class, they were like, you can read anything. I always read The Bells because I'm obsessed with that poem mm. um, it, because when you read it out loud... You start and you're like, oh, I'm reading this thing. And by the end of it, you're reading it so quickly because you feel like you just feel height. Like it, it gets you like it just, you're just reading about bells ringing and you're like, ah, it's ringing and ringing and ringing. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Anything that invokes that kind of mystery, but also obviously I love the raping and I loved hearts and floorboards and all kinds of spooky things. And, and then I read all kinds of stuff about Edgar Allan Poe. So two-year stint of it's all I read and then I made my transition into Stephen King novels which was a hard jump big jump (laughs) big jump so are you watching the Netflix show again had no idea this was happening yeah it's Uh, from the same guy Mike Flanagan okay who who did the um he does a lot of horror stuff on Netflix he does those the anthology series with the house and like the broken neck lady and stuff. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, so my problem with my problem specifically with Netflix is that algorithms are a nightmare. Mm. So it has pegged me as a woman nearing the dreaded age of 40 who likes watching things she watched in her 20s. Mm. So it's just like, hey, what's up? Hey, girl, do you want to watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days Again? And I'm like, of course I do. Of course I do. Well, I put it on while I clean. And then it just keeps showing me those movies. I didn't know One Piece came out until it started dominating my thing. They're like, oh, my God, it's all over Netflix. I'm like, it's not. It's not on my Netflix. Because it at no point thought to itself, this is a woman that would enjoy an anime retelling. <laughs> Which I don't know how it thought that. Uh, when they cast all of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life in that show. So <laughs> my Netflix algorithm doesn't know me at all. 
Speaking of the most beautiful people, we've got the most beautiful person in the form of Red. Although as the chapter starts, she's 13, although she's 16 and the rest of it. So altogether, let's just move on. Uh, from just talking about her appearance, because she is a child. In this I, book. I yes, she is yeah. a child. I, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Although there are, there is another woman, a best friend, who at eighteen already has three children. I had to read that a couple of times because I was like, I think the one set is twins because she she says she says she sees two kids playing that appeared to be two, so uh-huh. I think it was their twins, and then she had the baby. But, but she's been married for three years, and she's got t- uh, twins that are two, and now she's got a one-year-old. Like, she's popping them out, Listen, those the, babies. They're nice shoes. <laughs> that is true. So we start back shortly after Red's birthday. She's got her new her new cloak, and she's eager to show it off at school to her friends. And why wouldn't she be? It's a beautiful cloak. It's got brocade on it. It's got velvet. All the girlies are going to be jealous, especially Violet. Not that we really care to make Violet jealous, but, you know, side benefit. Just a bonus. Yeah, I felt so... I felt a lot for Red in this uh, story because I definitely had moments of it. Not to this uh, extent or anything, but, like, when you're, like, super excited to, like, show somebody something. Mm -hmm. And then you do... And then it's not what you thought it would be. And now suddenly you're double, you're, you're thinking again about the thing that you're like, isn't that exciting? Yes, it is that exciting. People just suck sometimes. Be excited about things. It's fine. Yeah. And the reason that they're not excited is jealousy. In fact, Priscilla points that out. Yes. Who is, by the way, Red has a BFF. Her name is Priscilla. Who is 15 and betrothed. Oh, well, yes. As, in the past, she is she's betrothed betrothed at fifteen to oh, the cobbler's son, who makes who courted her with shoes. And I'm just like, you know what? In enchanted forest, medieval times, I get it. Court with shoes. This would work Dude. on me now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked on on Carrie Bradshaw. Just give her shoes. Give yeah. Just, here's some shoes. I'm gonna propose with shoes. I'm gonna do all. The- I got any shoes like that. I'm just a big fan of shoes in general. Like, I love running shoes and dress-up shoes, flats, heels, you name it. My goal is to one day have a pair of genuine Louboutins, even though I have zero reason to wear them, and no one in my life would recognize them as cool and (laughs) uh, 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 the height of fashion and luxury. They'd be like, those are some cool black high heels you have for no reason. I'd be like, how dare you? These are Louboutins. How dare you? Get out of my sight. Get out of you my are not sight. worthy to gaze upon my shoes. Do not look at my red heels. How dare you? You are unworthy. <laughs> and, and so Priscilla, is, she's very excited about Red's cloak. She's showing her eager support. And you know what? We we, we support women supporting each other. Uh, there is a weird line in here, though. This was like a little bit of a weird choice on the part of the author. When she's talking about Priscilla, like... She's getting married. She's not leaving the village. You know, if she gets married, she's not going to explore the world like Red clearly wants to do. And she says, perhaps Main Street was as far as her dreams took her. This really hit me weird because it's a village. Do they have streets? Do they call it Main Street? I thought this was very American vernacular. Yeah, this is like that was that struck me as well as strange uh, because, yeah, Main Street. They're all it's like 
the main street is where you guys are having the market and it's not even a street and you guys are walking through the woods most of the time. So this is like the Christmas tea party thing. It's just a slip that somehow an editor didn't catch or mm-hmm. they just didn't have another pithy way to say this thing because she's definitely yeah. trying to convey that like this was a the, again point of views i recognize so much of myself in like this red teenage this teenager of red of being like oh you only like want to like just live in town and never go see anything i guess that's fine it's amazing for you not me though i i will see the world i, didn't see that. I, I want adventure that's exactly that's exactly what it is. You're, this poor provincial town. What? No, it's fine that you just want shoes and kids constantly. It's it's your dream. I couldn't stop thinking about Mona Lisa smile through these three chapters, like at all. We brought it up <laughs> like one or two episodes ago, and now I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is all just Mona Lisa smile. Uh, I gotta I gotta make Tim watch that. He's gonna get a kick out of it. But I want to wait until I'm I can drink again because I still have to take a break from my because my um my I have a surgery coming up, yeah. so I have to take a break from drinking for a little while. Uh, but once I can, oh boy, we're Mona Lisa Mona Lisa smiling it up because I'm not watching that sober. There's gotta no be like sorry, there's gotta be a drinking game that you can make mm. up for Mona Lisa smile. Oh heck yeah. It better already exist. If not, Abby, you will make it for me, please. One hundred percent. It's just me drunk watching Mona Lisa smile, being like, "Drink every time Julia Roberts is on screen. Drink, <laughs> <laughs> drink every time you wonder what the weird little numbers on their weird little sorority hats mean. Drink every time there's a hoop and a stick." <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, back to the story. Uh, everybody is looking and admiring Red's beautiful cape and Violet comes up. Uh, and just one little side note here. I'm pretty sure this is the confirmation scene for me that Beatrice is not going to be the stepsister who goes to the side of good because after the initial first encounter with her, she's done nothing to indicate that she has any doubts about Violet. No. Yeah. So we can put that away. That's Priscilla's job now. Priscilla, protect your girl. Be there for your girl. (laughs) She's so busy. She has children everywhere. Um, and Violet starts kind of like playing with the with the cloak. And and we find out where the nickname Red comes from. And we also find out what it means. And this is a lot to uh, absorb. I just kind of want to talk about it because I don't want to like save it for later because we don't yeah. need to go sequentially. So basically... Violet insinuates like, well, you know what it means about a lady in red. Like why, you know what it means when a lady wears red. And then Red just looks at her like, uh, yeah, it's red repels wolves. Yeah. I Obviously. I... Duh. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I just, I, it hurts Beth. <laughs> it's just, uh, this would have been me as red. I'm just being like, yeah, it repels wolves. Are you a dumb dumb? Because they're what? 13 at this point. Mm-hmm. Violet has an older sister. So 100% Violet is a little bit more, uh, schooled in the ways of the world mm-hmm. is how I will put that. Red lives with her granny. 
I don't think Red has ever thought about where or how babies come into existence. She just knows that it happens and at no point has ever questioned it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a, she's just a very sheltered girl who lives with her grandmother. And this fully came out because you can see it when she gets bullied now. Like, or bullied now, like in the present when she's, she's never really developed any defense that makes sense about the bullying. So... But Violet has an older sister, so she was probably being picked on a lot as a kid. So you get those nuances of how to pick on people, and so now she's picking on Red. So she was probably picked on by her perfect older sister, which I assume is the next shoe shoe that will drop, is that her older sister is so perfect, and that's what's causing Violet's trauma. Yeah, I mean, it's no excuse. Mm -mm. Violet, get your act together. But yeah, so Violet, you know, insinuates that Red completely just like whoosh, train goes past the station. (laughs) Ramming speed, 60 miles an hour. She has no, she cannot catch it. And and then Violet catches on to that and then says, oh, yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. Uh, Good, good eye. In fact, we're going to call you Red now. And and she loves the nickname. And she's like, oh, my God, I have a cool nickname. The girls all think I'm cool. And and it just starts catching on. And I love it. And I think it's so neat. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, no. I I can see where this is going. I can see what's happening. What? And Red doesn't have a clue. Who? (laughs) (laughs) She'll wear the cloak and... Before she goes down on the sled, a boy will attack her. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, because so she finds out the hard way that Violet is insinuating that wearing red means she's promiscuous. They never actually say this outright, but it's left to us to put the pieces together, which I like because it's a YA novel. I didn't want some full on like shaming in there to go on. Uh, That said, I also don't like what happens here because we find this out because Tommy, this guy who is a a young man, like attacks her, like tries to make out with her and like leers at her and is like touching her coat cloak and like she has to kick him in the crotch to get him off of her. And it's like and then he's like, I thought you wanted it. She said you wanted it. And that's why you were wearing that. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is bad. I hate this. Yeah, this was this was this was uh, sloppily done. I didn't. It's just. Very, this seemed a little more on the nose than a lot of the other things, somehow. I mean, pelting mm-hmm. her with snowballs in the middle of the forest, then asking her to tea was a whole vibe. But uh, this was just, you know, we don't. And then the follow up to what happens later in the market, like this whole relationship they have with kissing and what it means. And it's, it's so much different, like, again, context wise, knowing mm-hmm. that they're getting married at 15 and immediately starting to pump out children. Like, kissing is a is like all the bases it's just like i got to third base what'd we do we picked on the cheeks oh my god so yeah this and it's it's one of those like she didn't want to go down the hill that all the boys went down the hill and she waited 
and she had what's his name Tommy Tommy's up there and he like tries to kiss her she kicks him oh, his name is Tucker I, Tucker I was Tommy it up. whatever T- Tucker Carlson <laughs> oh god <laughs> Ugh. I hate it even more now um he's wearing a little bow tie um and my favorite part of this whole thing is I just keep like I at this point listen I love Peter we, we love what happened like we don't love what happens but I love the actor that plays him later um and so he's supposed to be her 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 true love but the way that this author writes him and the like things that he says like he's he comes up the hill after they like after she like you know kicks tucker he comes up and he's like what in heaven's name is happening up here and it's just i don't know i want i rewatched like the first season of the crown just because i i like the first season of the crown on netflix um because i'm a woman pushing 40 on my netflix uh (laughs) algorithm I just hear him talking like Prince Philip. <laughs> just, I, I just hear that affected accent. Just like, what's going I can't even do it. But it's just one of those, like, that's what I hear. And that's what I was kind of getting last week when it was just like, what are you rogues up to? And it's like, who, who are you, sir? What English countryside did you come from? Um, yeah, they come up and she's like, no. And then she, like, covers for him. Yeah. Which she, but the thing is, like, I, this is also something I really didn't like, but she does this in every instance. She does this for Violet, too, on multiple occasions. I think it's that she just genuinely doesn't know how to stand up for herself or how to assert herself, which I think is going to come out in the wolf. Like, I think that her repressed anger and frustration and rage at how these people are treating her is going to come out in the wolf's time yeah that's uh, that's fair we also see a moment here where there's a doggy and the doggy goes ah goodbye (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i like you lady (laughs) (laughs) bark 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 he doesn't bark at anyone bark 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 also, Peter punches Tucker in the face, and now I'm just imagining him with the little bow tie, and I'm imagining a double punch. <laughs> just do all the punches. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he punched him, because even though the red's just like, no, it's fine, we were just, I don't even remember the excuse, but it was just like, it's fine, we just had a disagreement. Oh, bless you. Thank um, you. And, like, all the guys immediately know what's up, like, well, now we're going to have to kill him. Damn. Like... <laughs> But they also, like, she makes a whole point of, like, no one liked him really in the first place, but Peter invited him because he felt bad. And so it's yeah. like, so I don't know. I don't know if we're we're going to find out that Tucker's got the same, like, thing going. Not that what Tucker did was okay, but, like, the same vibe of just being like, I keep getting invited by these popular kids, but they're kind of just mean to me the whole time. <laughs> like, that's the same thing that's happening to Red. Like, oh, no, Tucker is the Jacob. Tucker's the <laughs> he better not he better not turn into the jacob of this situation i will i will i will throw my book into a fire <laughs> which is not don't do that as your book is a kindle <laughs> that's true it would be a bad idea uh it would get all melty and ruin my uh my uh light up fireplace because it's not it, i just push a little but a little button and it goes whoosh fire also environmentally don't guys don't light yeah. your ipads and tablets don't don't light them on fire there's better ways to dispose of them just random psa from your safety person uh so we do that that's the that's basically the second chapter right um no that's the entire that's chapter nine yeah that's chapter nine 
Yeah, so we now we are in the the market. It's market day. Everyone Yay. comes to to scramble to grab the best booth. And uh, people are knocking each other over. Uh, grannies are getting knocked in the, uh, punched in the teeth and flung backwards because everybody wants those primo spots. But somebody is standing in the way. It's the tax man. The, the tax man has a lot of, um, a lot of leeway here on what he's allowed to do and say. Yeah, and also the fact that he kind of just starts his whole thing with red. Like, we don't see him doing it ahead of time. The law is being unfurled to a 16-year-old. And he, it's only, like, one guy. You think the king would be able to also spare a few guards people who were, like, enforcing this one guy's edict? It's just one guy walking around being like, pay me money. Where's my money? Because Granny has to go and almost die <laughs> which she listen, goes to almost die listen the entire village was about to absolutely destroy this sweet old woman for campaigning on the absolutely unhinged take of i don't want your children to be murdered and they're ready to just absolutely erase her existence from the planet the tax man shows up alone in a stupid tricorner hat and they've got the numbers here, okay? That tax man could never be seen again. Like, yeah, they'd all agree not to talk about it. It's the king. What's the king going to do? Come out there? No. If this was Regina, I'd say don't do this. But if he just quietly disappeared because he was demanding that they do booth taxes, which doesn't make any sense economically. Yeah. Like, hey, you know that way that you get money? I'm going to need you to give me more money in order to, for you to then make money because you haven't been giving me money because none of you are making money. What's going on? And it's all Granny's fault. Because <laughs> she's not paying her taxes. So all of you got to pay taxes for her. Oh, no, this is a very libertarian man, isn't it? It's like... If everybody, individual responsibility, if everybody just did what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't have to take it from the collective. What is this, communism? So I guess then my follow-up question here, because we always just really get into the, the what are the what are the black and white procedures of this area? How much taxes could you owe if Granny's straight up not selling anything? Like, she's just an old woman. Like, is she forced to being paid? Like, hey, you owe me $500 every time I deign to come over here. Is that the way this is working? I don't know. I don't know if it's property taxes. I don't know if it's taxes on goods. I just kind of treat it like, have you ever played the board game Sheriff of Nottingham? I have not. It's very fun. Highly recommend it. Um, there's multiple versions, including one that features the Disney Robin Hood characters, if you want Fine. something a little bit more, like, visually relatable. Okay. Essentially, you are playing as, like, like Robin... You, you take turns playing as Robin Hood or, like, you know, the Merry Men or the Sheriff, and you're trying to sneak in contraband into a market alongside your, uh, your regular goods and services. And the whole point is to essentially try and fool the sheriff into letting you pass if you have contraband. And the more contraband you have, the more points you get and things like that. So that's kind of how I treat it is like 
the it's 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 all arbitrary and there's not it's not a specific tax on anything. He's just there to just take money. And then the the villagers are there to try and not give the money. Yeah, I am surprised it's not more of like again, I I know a lot of things, things that I don't understand. Taxes currently and taxes um in ye olden days at all. Um, I'm just imagining I don't understand why they just don't do it like the ants did for the grasshoppers in a bug's life. We're just going to take <laughs> all our money pile. into a big pile. <laughs> so when they show up, we'll give them the pile. Because it, to me, to me, and then we can move on from this topic, but to me, it's a community, right? Of what I can only guess is like 50 people. It does not seem like there's many people. There's only so much money going around. Right? Like, and if someone leaves and takes their money to, like, move and go see adventure in the far-off land, that, that now that's money that has been taken from that community. They don't come back with more money to pump into the system. The economy needs money. Why doesn't someone just print more money? <laughs> that was a real suggestion. But, speaking of contraband, Red decides to oh, solve yes. the problem. She does, because, well, before... St- when she is faced with the idea that she has to uh, pay an AMC movie seat fee, depending on what seat she wants in the theater. Uh, she's like, screw you. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just going to walk around and sell all of my stuff. Just just chilling around the market and walking around, not having a booth. And you know what? It works. And I'm frankly surprised that the tax man didn't come in and be like, uh, this, there's a walking tax. <laughs> Walking sales tax. It would have to be the way that, like, conventions do it. If you want to be in the vendor area, you have to pay a booth tax. Okay, it's $100. Mm -hmm. Give me a random number. It's $100. Okay, so now those people have to make more than $100 in order to be in the black instead of being negative. Cool. But if you walk around a convention floor selling stuff, they will kick you out of said convention because you do not have vendor license. You did not pay your vendor Mm -hmm. fee. Because there's also, like, it gets in this whole thing that I don't quite understand, but it's all under, like, the FTC, where it's like, if you're selling stuff on our property, in our convention area, and you don't have a vendor's license, uh, it's fraud, and you go to jail. It's a felony. Like, it's like, I'm just trying to sell my stickers, man. Like, I'll leave. I'm sorry. Anyway, I learned that in my Vegas convention that I went to. I watched a guy basically get dragged out because he refused to stop selling his things. Because this is America oh. and he can do whatever he wants. And they were like, no, no, no. Oh. You don't understand. We will get shut down. Like, you can't be standing here doing that unless you're going to pay us a fee. And he's like, I won't pay a fee. So they would remove him. So, like, that's what, like, the tax man then could be like, you can't be here selling stuff if you don't have a vendor's license. But also, he's not walking around with, like, a checkboard to be like, who's paid and who's not. She, yeah, it's she a, it also- seems like a very ineffective. It's a very inefficient process, and it mostly seems designed to just shame the people. A lot of this just oh, feels like sure. subjugation and shame, particularly shaming a 16-year-old girl and her grandmother in front of a <sighs> bunch of people. Let's just make Red's life even more of a hell. Why not? Uh, but Red's like, you know, what? I'm going to sell all my goods anyway, but I don't have enough money to get my chickens after they mysteriously died from something that definitely wasn't me turning into a wolf. Yeah. Uh, so So weird. how... Yeah, so how am I going to get money for my chickens, for my chicks? I know. All the things I need to buy? What if I just don't buy them? What if I just instead do crime? Yeah, and then she just does a little bit of it, and she gets a taste, and she wants more. 
It's an escalation. This, it happens it with all criminals. There's an escalation to the point where you almost get caught, and she was, she she got sloppy towards the she end. She did. She was going to go I pick mean, up her big bag of gluten, and she started playing pirates with a kid. No, she was talking about eye patches. He was playing pirates. Yeah, he, he wanted a cookie, and then he, he got bitchy because it wasn't the cookie he wanted, and it also was crumbly, and so then he just ratted her out. He was he was not a pirate. He was a cop. <laughs> oh, he's undercover cop. Kids are kids are snitches, man. You can't you can't Snitch. trust them. They whether they're doing it maliciously or not, they you, they can't be trusted. Don't bring them along with your crimes. She should have she should have gone to the kid and be like, you know what, snitches get two patches. You know what she should have said. This would have been the smarter thing, and she would have had to get out of what she does next of just reaching into her bag and being like. That's not what you saw. You're just trying to con me into another cookie and then reaches in and grabs a cookie that he wants and just be like, here you go. Like, it's just a fun game we're playing. He says I committed a crime. I give him a cookie. It's a weird system we have. But instead, something else happens that I, this is probably my least favorite moment of the book so far. I did not care for this and I did not like what happened afterward as a result. Yeah. Um. So it's Tucker who has the flower because he's the Miller's son. And apparently he's a big beefy boy now. And she makes a note of that. And I'm like, don't make a note of that. You are not Jacob. I don't want any part of this. Why does he keep taking his shirt off and rubbing his tanned arms? <laughs> Wait, is he turning into a wolf now? Oh, my God. He's he a wolf, runs, too. Brett, my species runs real hot. What? <laughs> <laughs> and so she she swiped some flour from his cart. And then she gets snitched out by a a tiny child and Tucker goes to um, find he's very suspicious and he's like show me what's in your basket I want to make sure that you didn't steal my flower and her solution is uh, to uh, kick kiss it not kick 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 him him. kick him in the face (laughs) I would have liked that better Uh, no she she kissed him Mm. and to distract him and then she just runs away and he's so he's so like awestruck or dumbstruck he doesn't know what to do and he just calls after her and it's like I didn't like this because one it didn't feel in character for her in the book Mm-mm. and two it just I felt kind of cheap and I didn't like it yeah it did um I do I definitely think it was a how do we get her out of this Mm-hmm. And so we did this instead. And I, yeah, you're right. I don't like this either. It just, the follow-ups with it is just not great. Um, because it just, I don't know, it just sucks. Also, because I'm confused, this is just a weird side note. I'm confused about the size of Red's basket. <laughs> it seems infinitely large. Yeah. She's carrying two dozen apples, a bag of flour that Tucker came over to help her with but is somehow just neatly in her bag. How big is this basket, Beth? And if she kisses him and runs, how is she doing that without it all flapping everywhere? I mean, she is a wolf, so she's strong. Maybe there's like a little bit of a hint there that, oh yeah, she can lift this shit without any help. It's the biggest basket you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah, she's carrying it over her head like she's Hercules, just like balancing it, just being like, Don't it's mind fine. me! Exactly. No, this, no, th- this is... um. This is sand going to the, making a beach. Yeah, does, does for a, everyone for a beach not, tea party? Does everyone not carry their baskets like this? 
Is everyone not strong and awesome and shredded like me? Yeah, so she kisses. She runs away. Um, there is a small interlude where she, yeah, she sees her old friend and her old friend has, uh, the kids. She makes, like, a mm-hmm. weird comment. Like, they're, they're making comments about, like, the shoe kid being, like, the kid she marries, guy she marries, is short. And she make like, Red makes some offhanded comment about he him being a half-size man. Also didn't care for that wording. Yeah. I didn't like that like, either. There's, there's, you can call him like a, he's a short king, he's whatever. But like this insinuated something different and derogatory, which not. Yeah, no, we are not a fan. We're not fans of that. Uh, we're also not fans of the fact that she's too is suffering because she's having to sell extra shoes and extra goods to make up for the tax. So she, so it's clear that this whole tax situation is impacting a lot of people in the village. And now we have a face to the threat. And his name is, I had the name here, uh, Herschel Worthington. I fully looked it up because I thought it was like a name name. No, uh, it's just two no. really crappy names that sound like a guy that would come shake people down for taxes. Mm-hmm. In a de- Like a, a real, like, I, I'm sure it's a fine village, but not probably one of the peak villages in the kingdom. And come no. just shake them down for every penny that they have. Um, this guy sucks. <laughs> he does. It's like when Regina goes into like a random small village just to like mess with people. He just does it because it makes him feel good. Look how powerful and cool. Because the message of this entire book is that no one likes a bully. He's a bully for the king. And Violet is apparently a vi- uh, just a bully for the sake of being a bully. So maybe she can find a way to do it as a career. <laughs> Hey, I mean, the king might be looking for a uh, for an, you know another another member of his entourage to shake down the villages <laughs> to, to 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 build on the joke that we had last week. Uh, she she gets hired because they need someone to collect taxes from Rumple, and she's the only one that can do it without crying. <laughs> yeah, and make him cry. Exactly. He actually gave extra, so he did. Fine. Yeah. So weird. He was so the oak, weird. Like, and he also said he will take care of the ogre wars without having to uh, f- take any uh, lord's daughters away to live in his castle. He's going to do a pro bono uh, because yeah. I told him his shoes were stupid. <laughs> because, to be honest, they super were. They were. Yeah. So stupid. I mean, just like everybody knows it. And now he knows it, too. But I'm still going to tell everybody else that, yeah. that the, the dark one, worst shoes I've ever seen. Ever. Speaking of telling everybody else, Violet just, she's playing five-dimensional chess in this scene. Because they're at they're back at school, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, Tucker shows up. And it's unclear whether he showed up because of Red or he showed up because Violet summoned him. I'm guessing it's... I guess I'm guessing Violet like invited him back to class because he doesn't really go to school ever because he right. works on the mill. But I think he also wanted to see Red because of what happened. Mm-hmm. So Violet Violet kind of motions him over and they stage whisper and then Violet goes, "What? Red did what? Are you a couple now? Are you dating? Oh, you're not. Are you like, oh." And, and she just insinuates all the insinuating. And I it didn't, didn't, didn't care, care for it. I didn't like this. 
I don't no, like it one she, bit. She's she a big bully, and now she's bullying Red with another human being as a human shield, and I don't care for it. Um, because, yeah, I feel like Tucker probably, like, genuinely likes Red. He just didn't express it properly, and he was just like, oh, my gosh, she kissed me. It's so great. And now she's being used as a pawn to do mm-hmm. this. So, like, she, he's just like, he's just a kid that grew up. He was, you know, as we've learned in Once Upon a Time, Children of Millers have lofty goals and aspirations and can mm-hmm. get super mean if you don't uh, acquiesce to their demands. So, yeah, she's, and Red's just like, no, it's terrible. I hate this. They also talk a lot about his snaggletooth, which I was like, we could do a little less snaggletooth reference. We can just cut that down a little bit. Please. Also, because it's the it's the Enchanted Forest. There's not a dental plan. No, they all Everyone's have terrible teeth. teeth. Yeah. No one would have cared a, a single fig. I think the only thing that they would notice is if you were missing your teeth. Having your teeth is a great honor. Like they have made <laughs> it this far, so being like he has a snaggle tooth, unless it's shooting direct at a ninety degree angle out of his face, like a warthog tusk. I, I don't. There's no reason to be making any note of this. No. And even then, maybe not so much. Yeah. Let's not shame people for teeth, okay? Teeth are a hard... Te- teeth are a tough business. They're in your face, and they do a lot of stuff. They're right there, and dental isn't covered under medical, which is insane. And mm-hmm. even if you have dental, it barely covers anything. Because guess what costs a bajillion dollars? Literally anything involving your teeth. Mm-hmm. People, destigmatize teeth. <laughs> we need to talk about this. <laughs> And that's why we've brought you all here today. Yes. Oh, please have a seat. Please we have need to a talk. Seat. All right. Well, anyway, so two more things happen before we wrap up this final chapter. Pete, uh, Peter walks Red home after the whole situation with um, Tucker. And uh, he seems upset. She kind of tries to explain things and without explaining. And, and Peter, he's, he's okay about it. He's not shaming her. He's not accusing her of anything, but he also kind of friend zones her a little bit and is like, you're my dear friend. They just keep having this back and forth. It's just all these missed opportunities, but red does admit to herself that she's falling in love with him. Oh, oh young love. Yeah. And they call it wolfie love. Oh. Yeah, she, because he's just like, listen, the only reason I'm dancing with Violet is because she, she said, she says her information has a price. Again, this is just confirming my suspicion that she's talked to Rumple because yeah. now she has a game plan of being like, oh yeah, just, I'll just say that things have a price. So do you want something? It has a price. I'm a great negotiator. It's amazing. I'm the best negotiator you've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry. Did I tell you how I single-handedly stopped the Ogre Wars? I re- because I insulted a uh, an immortal being's shoes. It was bomb. It was bomb. I wrote this whole book about it. Actually, I didn't write it. I just ghost wrote it, but I put my name on there because I'm not letting Beatrice get any of the credit. <laughs> uh, and then I'll throw it at Florence's head and she'll thank me for it. I, you're all going to get a free copy. I wrote, I signed it and wrote a special note to everybody. Red, here's yours. I farted on it. <laughs> but it also says, have a nice summer. <laughs> have a nice summer. Be, stay cool. <laughs> like, 
Oh, oh my god, um, Violet's the worst. But yeah, so we find she out that hits, Peter she... Peter does like her, but like he also won't admit it. Ah, teenagers. Yeah. Um, but then we get home and we find out that Granny, like a true gritty um, farm housewoman, is not being slowed down by any injury or no. tiredness or fatigue. She no. doesn't have time to be sick or injured. It is wolf time. Wolf's time. She has to be boarding up everything. She has to batten down the hatches. She's got to get that crossbow ready. She's also got to yell at some kids that they need to cancel the ball or change the date at least. <laughs> to go they don't listen to her. They instead throw cabbages uh, and tomatoes. Uh, but that doesn't phase Granny. No, 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 no. Because Granny is a woman with an injury that may or may not be wolf's related and a goal to protect her grandbaby. And that is how we end chapter 11. And we're going to enter on a dream next time. A nightmare. The wolfy nightmare. And I think um, I did read the wolfy nightmares. No spoilers, oh. but I think we are taking it up a notch. So oh. we, have, we have shifted to a new gear. I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I didn't, I think, uh, just as a wrap-up, first of all, uh, just because I had the joke in my brain, um, it's so crazy that in Chapter 11, they're all about to go broke and bankrupt. Ah, <gasps> it's funny. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, not funny. it's not funny. The economy, Abby. It's the economy. The economy. It's, it's, the economy is no laughing matter. Um, these chapters were, I think, probably the ones that I, I don't know if they were weak so much as just I didn't enjoy them as much yeah you know what i mean like it's just one of those like they're okay these were just plot points i didn't particularly care for and i think meeting beefing up a storyline um for for, if i had to guess what filler chapters were to drag it out just a little bit before we hit the gas that was this i also really don't like that we're you know, like origin stories for notable things about characters can be a real mixed bag. Like, I, I I can never forget the Death on the Nile movie where we get a 20 minute sequence showing the backstory of why Hercule Poirot has his mustache. Like, we don't need that. And she's called Red because she has the hood. But the fact that they've given it this extra origin story of... Violet was implying that she is promiscuous and then that nickname sticks forever to which even her granny calls her that her granny calls her that and you know just a combo things like one how how they dress the character in season one how you know they very much sexualize the actress very early on it's like I understand, like, reclaiming insults. Like, you know, queer was a is an insulting term for the LGBTQ plus community for a long time, but it has been reclaimed. There are also other words that I will not say. I was braced. Because- <laughs> I was like, boy, I'm just going off the wall today. I will today. not say. <laughs> like, I like- because I am not part of those communities. <laughs> those Those words have been reclaimed by those communities, and I'm very happy for them. To have those reclaimed. I don't feel like this is the same thing. No, this isn't honoring that. This is just playing into stereotypes and not overcoming them. Yeah. Because I think it was just a Violet said something mean. um, And then there was a weird follow-up consequence to it um, that is 
I, I don't know. It wasn't explored correctly. It it was didn't feel empowering. It didn't feel yeah. like it was necessary. Um, and it just gives her name like this really weird, like tinge to it. Like this is really negative connotation that I didn't really want to have associated with the character, especially because the Little Red Riding Hood is a story about a little girl. Yeah, we're also getting the story of a young girl, like. To basically say, oh, yeah, the actual origin story of the name Red is because some girl was implying that she is she's skanky. Like, I don't it's I don't like having that thought in my brain. I don't like that the book put it there. I think it would have been different if she would have acknowledged that she's going to hold on to it just to be just to to overcome it. And then it Mm -hmm. just accidentally sticks. Because, first of all, again, the fact that it spreads to everybody, like, a teenage girl in a schoolyard who is 13 years old decides to call somebody Red because it's funny to her, and it turns into everyone in town calling her that into the point where we don't know her real name, is a powerful magic. She might be the most powerful sorceress in the world. She will fight Rumpel in an arm wrestling contest. Um, but I also think the fact that Red takes it, like, initially... Being like, this is amazing. I love this. It would have stopped. It would. They wouldn't call her that if she was showing that she liked it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this again. This is opening all kinds of weird memories for me. But th- I can tell you this from personal experience. When like seventh grade, when I first started getting bullied, uh, for two weeks they kept calling me Obi, and they would giggle after they called me that, and I loved it because I've always wanted a nickname. I love nicknames. I was like, I'm so excited. It's the best. Finally, like a little while later, like why do you, like one of the girls, one of those girls who was like on the fringe, she was like, uh-huh. Abby, why do you let them keep calling you Obi? Like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, uh, because it's amazing. And they know that I love Star Wars. <laughs> because I was like, Obi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> no, they were calling me a tampon, Beth. <laughs> and they stopped calling me that because I genuinely didn't know what an Obi tampon was. And it was not giving them the desired effect of bullying because I just simply... It, I went oh and like carried on with my life which again absolute ignorance will def- defend you from bullies every single time because they never did it again and it was just because I simply had no clue oh my god it is stories like that that actually make me grateful that I homeschooled because yeah. that is that is horrible Oh, and yeah. you should have never gone through that I'm so sorry oh listen that was the beginning I could tell you all kinds of terrible things um, but I am fine, by the way. I keep bringing all this up. I just want everyone to know I'm fine now. Like, obviously, I just like telling them because it's so bizarre. Being a teenager is like the weirdest time of Mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. And the most unhinged stuff happens to you, which I think is also what we are kind of getting from this, where we're reading this story about a teenager going, why wouldn't you simply not do those things? Because you're a teenager and you just, you simply don't know is like, you don't know what two women in their late thirties know. (laughs) So Exactly. Ugh. Anyway, anyway, well, every, any, but anyway, thank you so much for joining us for these latest chapters in Once Upon a Time, Red's Untold Tale. Uh, we will continue next week with three more chapters. So uh, continue through chapters 12, 13 and 14. Or do you want to go through 15? Do we want to do four chapters this let's time? Let's do and... let's swing for the fences. Yeah. Let's go four chapters and let's see where four. we land. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think, again, so far, we've been ticking them off really well at a good 
Yeah. Cool stopping point. I think four would probably be where we want to stop this time. I'm so excited. Four chapters. This is going to be go. the one where like Red murders like 14 people, four <laughs> people. Or we're going to be like, oh my God, why? Why? The end of the we're fourth chapter about this is going to be like, I was looking at my hands covered in blood and chicken finger or chicken feathers. Or, no, 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 no. It turns it turns out Violet is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> she she just rips her face off and she turns into Rumpel. She'd be like, hello, dearie. And we're like, no, no. <laughs> Of course, only Rumble could be only Rumble could be a true evil criminal mastermind like a teenage girl. Oh my god, she does keep talking about prices. Maybe she is. Oh no, oh. this goes deep. Oh, no. <laughs> well, everybody, if you want to continue listening to these adventures, yay! You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. And you can join our Patreon community, especially if you want to continue into this adventure once we return to Once Upon a Time proper. Uh, We want to thank all of our patrons for your support, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to uh, Pungus Magnuson. Thank you so much. And again, patreon.com slash OUA timing if you want to join our little family. We're going to be back next week with chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15, where we will learn the truth that Violet is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> if lost that the happens, plot of this book. <laughs> if that happens, Abby, I have earned like a spa day. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. You and I are both going to take like spa days on yeah. the same day. Yes. Full time. And then like we'll record afterwards in our like state of bliss. It's just... The mood will be like way lower, like at a three. Like we're always operating at about an eight. But we'll just be like, guys, yeah, yeah, like it was just borderline an ASMR <laughs> from how well, thank- vibed we are. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in Abby. We'll see you and read you next week. See you next week. <laughs>